just tell me it was a rum and coke? Welcome to Cruising It, the podcast where we watch and discuss all of Tom Cruise's films in chronological order. I'm your host, Donovan Bruce, and with me as always is Andrew Mount. Listen, I'm sorry I called you a bitch. And Mason Kuthmich. It's okay, Daddy, I forgive you. On today's episode, we are talking about Cocktail, a romantic drama about a New York City business student who takes up bartending. What'd you guys think? I'm impressed that you uh, just skipped right past the part of the show notes where I inserted the phrase chewing the fats, <laughs> and you just kept right on going. You foiled me again, you bastard. Also, I hated this movie, and if I'm not too mad, I'm going to try to make the case that it's the worst movie we've watched. Uh, it's not It's not a great movie. It's got lots of problems, but uh, I'm, I'm still here for uh, definitely better than Endless Love and losing it. Yeah, pretty much there, too. I think I was the only one who had seen this beforehand. Um, I had fun with this movie, I thought. I thought there were lots of fun moments in the movie. This was... I mean, I I didn't like it the first time I watched it. Mm -hmm. It was definitely worse the second time I watched it. I forgot how just really convoluted the plot gets about... (laughs) Well, pretty much the whole time, but really at the the last half. Yeah. After the the romance, in heavy quotation marks, uh, plot starts. That's when it really just kind of... Loses it. I had zero fun with this movie. <laughs> oh, you didn't like the, the, the bartending scenes? They were fun, throwing bottles and stuff? Maybe. I'll talk about that <laughs> later. I'm going to make my case for what I think makes a movie bad. Okay. Well, all right. I guess let's go ahead and get into our discussion of Cocktail. Aruba, Jamaica. Brian Flanagan gets a part-time job as a bartender at night while studying for a business degree by day. Over time, he learns the tricks of the trade, including flaring from his mentor, Doug Coughlin. His advice usually begins with Coughlin's Law. Brian has high personal aspirations, but Doug is leery of the two starting their own bar together. Doug intends to call his bar Cocktails and Dreams. That was a really poorly worded recap. Cocktails and Dreams. <laughs> that, that went over. That, Don't say poorly worded. They think that's <coughs> our recap. <laughs> I think I've been pretty clear that I'm just ripping this straight off Wikipedia the entire time we've been doing this. And if not, surprise. <laughs> yeah, now you know. Okay, uh, so so just just real quick. Flaring... Since that, they gave no explanation. <laughs> I just assumed it was like office space, you know? Yeah, flaring is the, the type of bartending where you're flipping the bottles and mm-hmm. like throwing everything and you know, the bartenders are passing the bottles to each other, which is a real big part of this movie if you yeah, haven't seen it's, this it's, movie. It's the, which I don't know why you're listening to this podcast if you haven't seen this movie. Why do you care? But we think this about this Because movie. maybe they think we're funny. No one thinks we're funny. No one thinks oh. we're funny. <laughs> <laughs> I saw some posts the other day about like... Oh, hey, we're three white guys in a room. We should start a podcast. Uh, it's I accurate. felt very personally attacked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, damn it. You know anyway. what? We're still going, though. So okay. We are. Okay, anyway, right. back to back to this flaring thing, though. Clearly an important skill if you want to be a celebrity bartender, which this movie just presumes is a thing. Yeah. <laughs> you want I to mean, strike it rich by becoming a bartender? I mean, it kind of is. They have master bartenders, especially in New York. They've got, you know, 
world-renowned bartenders and stuff like that. That's actually a thing. Master bartender. That's actually a thing. Respect me. (laughs) We just lost all of our master bartender (laughs) listeners. Uh, Look, we're just we're just uh, alienating one demographic after another consistently every episode. I don't know if we have enough viewers to start (laughs) alienating. Uh, Don't worry. When when uh, culture. When people finally find out about this, they will immediately be alienated by <laughs> one of our Sex episodes. City? What do you say? <laughs> Tom Cruise <laughs> personally, Jason Garrett, maybe Roger Deakins, although he seems pretty okay when he left. <laughs> oh, you're just listing all the people we've ostracized? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm not going to shit on this part of the movie too much because it... Shut up, Donnie. Because oh. to me, this first paragraph is the only part of the movie that made any sense to me. Coughlin's Law. I actually thought I was going to like it at this point because it's like he starts out, right? I guess he comes home from the military or something and he's like, I need to get a job. And so he... And do remember his his uncle gives him a bit of a warning at the beginning and it's important to the common thread of the movie, which is the closest it comes to an actual plot line. Oh man, it must be pretty (laughs) far from... The plot line. What was the advice again? I don't even remember. It. The, it, it was he was talking with his uncle. And he was talking about wanting to go and you know make it rich in the big city. And his uncle gave him this like little spiel about how every man just kind of wakes up one day with a wife and a kid. And that that was kind of yeah. Hmm. Sorry, that, that, yeah. That's like no, I mean, again, that's, that's, the, that's the, the one not, connecting I'm not thread from the beginning to the end of the you're movie. Falling flat. I think the movie <laughs> is falling flat. Uh, uh, yeah, so anyway, he applies to a bunch of, like, Wall Street places. Is that the that was a, That part? was a fun little sequence. Yeah. And he just gets yeah. turned down by all these places, and they tell him he needs a college degree. And I love that he's just got, like, eight job interviews yeah. with these fancy places with a high school degree. So you need a yeah, college just, degree and some experience. Yeah, he just goes in there and tries to sweet-talk his way into a Wall Street position. At first, I think the yeah. last ones he just kind of goes to, I just really need a job. Right, which I'll take that's entry level, yeah. anything. <laughs> and you know what? I think I think that's a very actual relatable uh, part of this movie is, is really kind of applies a lot to even life today. And uh, That's a relatable part, applying to jobs that clearly state in their job description that you need a college degree and you still go and apply for it and get turned down. Well, and they get sure. surprised that you got turned down. <laughs> I don't do that. I mean, <laughs> do you do that? No, my, my my thing was more the. Uh, I don't go to law firms and try and be a lawyer because I didn't go to law school. Well, okay, <laughs> you might want to try it. It's 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 way easier than it seems. Hmm. Yeah, just lost all of our lawyers. <laughs> yeah, law is not I mean, hard. Law school super I thought easy. It was, I thought it was going to take until a few good men when we lost all the lawyers, but oh, nah, no. we did it early. <laughs> Yeah, but it's like at least in this part, I'm like, okay, it's setting up a story, right? He has he wants to be rich. He I think he says that straight up, and then he gets declined for these jobs because he needs a college degree. He goes to business school. He hates it. He becomes a bartender to pay the bills, and he loves it. And he loves and he, it. He right? makes, so he like, makes okay, his best friend with his with his bartender here, best know? friend and mentor. Yeah, and he's like, I thought this was gonna be like a rags to riches story, but somehow with a bartender. Mm-hmm. And it was for exactly one paragraph worth of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, probably a bit more than that. He, it, it's kind of like that for like, basically the first, I would say, half of the movie. Right up until uh, Aruba, Jamaica. Oh. A- anyway. Yeah. <laughs> D- don't, don't look at me like that. Sometimes I just like to let him spiral. <laughs> he started a sentence where he doesn't know what the last word's going to be. Yeah, Mason, if you're ever talking and we're really silent and you feel like you've been going on for a while, it's because we're just letting you spiral down. I know. I'm aware. <laughs> this is the podcast that destroys our friendship. 
Isn't that this whole? We thought it was like, the last four of them. It's, no, you keep saying it's the podcast, and you're correct. Cruising it is going to destroy our friendship <laughs> oh, collectively. No. <laughs> We've we still got so many Tom Cruise movies to go through, and we already hate every, everything about each other. So you keep saying we're past the worst movie, but everyone is worse than the last. I, well, okay, so uh, I, I'm going to take worst, issue worst with your... movie is clearly subjective because I think Endless Love and Loosen It were way worse than this movie. Oh, yes, yeah, agree, really hard agree. Person. Also, also, I think the reason why I said like since we had got past Top Gun, everything from here on in would be pretty good is because he hasn't had a box office flop since Top Gun. That doesn't necessarily mean the movie's good. This movie clearly is this movie a valuable lesson that you can make. This movie what was, we will learn is astonishing amounts of money. Yeah, can be very bad. Yeah, another little thing about Coughlin's Law because they also don't explain that at all. Uh, basically, any time that uh, Doug gives him advice, he prefaces it, prefaces it by saying Coughlin's Law. So uh-huh. that's just his little gimmick that he does this whole movie Coughlin's law and then some arbitrary piece of advice. Yeah. So if you've ever known anyone like that, it's super cool and something that, you know, should be done often. Yeah. But only if you have a British accent. Yes. No, that, then you, then you seem authoritative. Hmm. Hello, governor. <laughs> I'm Jason State. Oh no. Jason's law. No. Oh, hey, Jason. Oh, no. I'm actually Mike O'Kane. <laughs> that was the law all along. That's what's driving people away. Anyway. Goddamn impression. <laughs> My people need me. I've got to go by. Bye, Jason Statham slash Michael I'm Kane. Michael <laughs> Thanks for stopping by the show. Eventually, Brian and Doug's bartending act becomes popular, and they end up working at a trendy nightclub. As their popularity rises, Brian becomes the focus of attention from a brunette named Coral. Nice. Doug is alarmed that Coral is coming between their partnership and bets Brian that Coral will leave by week's end. Unbeknownst to Brian, Doug tricks Coral into sleeping with him. He secures his bet by sharing a kiss with Coral in front of Brian. Brian and Doug get into a fight, ending their partnership. I'm really breathing along in this goddamn recap. Yeah, we're done <laughs> yeah. with half of the movie well, already. <laughs> we, we completely missed the poetry slam in the middle of the bar. That was so unimportant. <laughs> uh, I think that was arguably one of the best scenes in the movie, which I should really also say is because there weren't many good scenes in the movie. Very true. Um, this is where I started to suspect that this movie was not going to be about anything coherent. Um, because, again, I was still on this thread of like, okay, this is Brian's rise to like whatever the best version of being a bartender is. And then it's like, he's start, like he gets this girlfriend, and then like, I'm not, why, why did he even break up again? It's just because Doug convinces her to sleep with him? Basically, I think from... From what she seemed to say, uh, whatever Tom's character's name, Brian, there we go. Uh, Brian told Doug something about their sex life, and he, and Doug, I guess, yeah, told, told Coral that. I know, it was, it was really, it, was, it didn't it make was a like ton a of really sense. It was a really weird reason for them to break up. And then, so I'm just like, okay, so I guess this is about how, like, together they're, like, this really awesome team, and, like, you know, they could have been a cool team, but instead they're, like, getting jealous of each other, right? And so this is about, like, their relationship falling apart. So now I'm like, okay, movie's pivoting a little bit, and this is about Tom Cruise's relationship with this guy. And then this guy disappears for, like, 40 minutes of the movie. I have no fucking idea what's going on. Sure. Uh, another Another thing, though, that... You're right with this does just kind of breeze through everything, but actually important to what little plot there is. Uh, back when Brian and Coral are still together and they're talking Coral, to Doug. Coral, get in the house, Coral. Coral. Uh, but when they're still together, don't 
give us that look of shame. People love our impressions. <laughs> you know what? Write in. Write in on our... Who's going to write on Twitter. In? We have four listens on the last episode, and they're all me. <laughs> okay, well... I, I will write in. No, I'll no. write in. Okay, as one-third of our consistent listenership, I don't like the impressions. <laughs> uh, well, I'm still having well, fun. Well, two-thirds two are into it, so... Oh God! Was oh right? You were talking about the plot. Yes, it should be pretty easy to yeah. find where you left off. Yes, uh, they well they talk about <laughs> they talk about going to Jamaica to bartend for a bit because they're like oh you can make a ton of money off tips because all these rich wealthy people come and tourists here whatever, and we can make a bunch of money for the bar, the new bar that we want to open up, cocktails and dreams. It's a terrible name for. Uh, oh yeah, it's an awful bar, name. by the way. You just go so with how dreams. Many, how many bartenders can save their tips until they have enough money to open a bar in New York City? A lot when you're Holy in. A lot shit. when you're bartending in Jamaica, apparently. Yeah, I guess. Also, I like that they have to leave the one bar that they're at, but they're like so cool that they end up at an even better bar. Oh, yeah. I just like this mm-hmm. idea that as a bartender, if you can like flip bottles well enough, then there's like a, there's like a promotion track. Yeah, no, there, there's bars. There's a hierarchy. You have to like it's a celebrity it's bartending. A, mm-hmm. Yep, that's all you have to say. Yeah. Doug Coughlin and Brian Flanagan were household names in the bar scene. It's it's like chess rankings, but for bartenders. I'm a master bartender. <laughs> well, all right. Three years later, Brian takes a job in Jamaica as a bartender at a resort mm-hmm. to raise money for his own place. He finds a romantic partner in Jordan Mooney, an aspiring artist and waitress that he meets on the beach. Doug shows up in Jamaica, now married to Carrie, a wealthy woman who openly flirts with other men. Doug bets Brian that he couldn't pick up a new customer named Bonnie, a wealthy older woman. Brian accepts the challenge and wins Bonnie over. As they go back to Bonnie's room, Jordan sees them and, devastated, takes a plane back to New York City. Why is she devastated? He just had to win a bet. Dead air. Dead air. Dead air. Thanks for not responding. Yeah, no, cut that out, Doug. I don't know. I just didn't. I, just my mind is just wheeling at this point. Just trying to put all the pieces together right. and try to form a story out of this. I don't know. So at this point, I'm like, I don't like. It's really weird. Like they skip three years into the future, and then they immediately like Tom Cruise seems like he's doing okay, and mm-hmm. then Brian Coughlin comes up and like ruins his life again for no reason. Just yeah, to have fun, I guess. Oh yeah. That's, to make that's a point. Just does it? Or I guess out of spite. I don't even know. Like, what yeah. do we figure out about Tom Cruise's character here? That he just like has to take dares and that's his, <laughs> like, that's his tragic flaws that he has to accept dares well, from Brian Coughlin even when previous Doug ones Coughlin. have ruined his life. Sorry, Doug. Yeah. Why do I keep saying Brian? Is that his name? Brian, Brian Flanagan. Okay, Doug. Doug Coughlin. But th- that's that's his excuse later on too and I guess I'm jumping ahead a little bit but th- that's his excuse to her. Like, hey, you, you, someone makes you a bet, you do it. <laughs> yeah, I do. I, I, I'm sorry I sold out our relationship for 50 bucks. Yeah. But I love you. So now a romance, <laughs> which apparently the whole ending of the movie is going to hinge on, is introduced like 40 minutes into the movie. We get like 10 minutes of them being together, and then they've broken up because Tom Cruise is the fucking worst. Hell yeah. Yeah. So uh, he Brian does not, Flanagan. He does not come off well in this. But he's having fun in Jamaica. I mean, someone someone proposes a bet, you take it. No, that's. I guess. Donnie, <laughs> apparently, I, you do. Donnie, I bet. I bet you. Uh, bet you fifty bucks. You can't take your shirt off. Slowly. 
<laughs> oh my god, he's just peeling his skin right <laughs> off. He wasn't wearing a shirt this whole time. Donnie, <laughs> <laughs> you owe me fifty pounds. <laughs> oh my god, hospital bill's gonna Stacey, be way bigger. Please call than that. all of the ambulances. Fifty dollars, <laughs> and I need you to sign this uh, this release saying I'm not responsible for this. Mm. Well, okay. Next morning, <laughs> Brian regrets sleeping with Bonnie. He goes to find Jordan, but learns that she's gone. Doug teases Brian about the situation, but Brian decides to upstage Doug by returning to New York with Bonnie. He reluctantly assumes the role of kept boy. Okay, that is a, that is a trophy, that's a trophy boy, trophy boy, yes. trophy, trophy boyfriend, and grows annoyed by her lifestyle. Boy toy, I think, is the technical term. Hmm. They have a blow up during an art exhibit when Brian gets into a fight with the artist. Brian shows up at the diner where Jordan works. She rejects his flirting but agrees to listen to his apology after work. They talk, but Brian keeps saying the wrong things. And then, to his surprise, she tells him she is pregnant with his child and tells him to leave. He decides to prove to her that, despite being a bartender, he would make a worthy father. Worthy father who will drop the relationship again for fifty bucks. Brian or a learns dare. just any dare. Yeah. Brian learns that, that her family life. is wealthy oh, we're and not goes to, to her parents' of a park Avenue <laughs> to no. speak with her. This is so Jordan's weird. father attempts to buy Brian off, but he refuses the money. At all. Jordan refuses his advances, Mason, not wanting to be hurt again. You're not supposed to do this in podcasts. Go okay. ahead and discuss what I just said. I'm not repeating it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, uh, so uh, did you know that in this in this sequence, Andrew Brian learns hey, that Andrew, her family is look wealthy. At the, look at the script. You see where it says discuss. <laughs> okay. That's where you discuss. Oh, right. But in my defense, uh, in my like defense, I waited for a pause. He did not really quickly. <laughs> um, but yeah. So anyway, Doug, leave every single second of that in, please. <laughs> <laughs> so he finds out that she's pregnant and he's the dad and her family is wealthy. And did we miss anything else important? <laughs> Was any of that important? Uh, uh, his George, dad offers him money. Off, George's father right. offers him money to to leave, but he refuses. And Jordan refuses his advances, not wanting to be hurt again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you know what? That's reasonable for her to do. I would be. I would also probably likewise be pissed about just the stupid thing this dumbass Irish bartender is doing. Yeah, and I feel like it's creepy that he's like going into her place of <laughs> Sorry, work. Sorry, trying to alienate more groups. Hmm. I'm not gonna I'm not Why gonna couldn't you just wait that. until <laughs> far and away and then we could have alienated all Irish people? Oh, no. We have opportunities here. All right, you're right, you're right. I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't be forcing this. <laughs> so this is where the movie really started to lose me. Because uh-huh. I'm just like, okay, Losing so it. now his thing is that he is going to go with this rich lady so that she will give him money to open his bar, I guess. Mm-hmm. So now we're back to his thing is like he really wants... Well, now she she was going to be his way into Wall Street. Oh, into Wall Street. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he All was... Right. I thought she was flipping the script on him when she's like, you can be a salesman in six months. But, yeah, that, th- but th- that was sort of what she promised him at the beginning. Yeah, it's, it's, it seemed like she was like, maybe not Wall Street, or but like she seemed like a business... Style, like what he was going to school for, basically. Yeah, she's definitely high up in the corporate world. Yeah, sort of her thing. This, she was going to be his way into that to get out of bartending and be what he really wanted to do because he's still, at this point, he's. He still just wanted to make yeah. money. He still just wanted to become. Okay, that's so much more confusing to me because he quits business school because, like, he sort of because he hates it, but also because they're kind of closed minded, right? And they don't listen to his ideas about things. Mm-hmm. And he loves bartending. And now he wants to get back into the corporate world. Well, through her, maybe he's assuming he's just here motivated pure, purely by money. I guess it's what it seems like. But maybe, maybe 
here in this in this situation, what he's aiming for is just like, okay, well, yeah, they're closed-minded in business school, but if I can get away in just kind of without having to go through that, I can maybe bypass that problem. Yeah, I guess. Or, like, maybe it's just, like, an ego thing, and he's just jealous that, you know, Brian got... Or I'm sorry, he is Brian. Fuck me. Doug. Doug got <laughs> the... Yeah, okay, I sorry, know it's Doug. your name, too, Doug. Shut the fuck up. Okay. So Doug. There is a Doug. <laughs> How Stop can you say that with him right he here? Exists. He's our best friend. He's crying again. Okay. This is the worst running joke ever. Okay. (laughs) Put yourself together, Doug. Leave the room. Okay. Uh, Anyway, so yeah, Yeah, I don't, I don't understand. I don't, I don't know what his character wants. I don't know what his character is about. I don't get it. So this is all really confusing to me. And then he pivots in the middle of this and he's like, okay, well, this isn't what I want. Except it seems like it, maybe he still would want to be in the corporate world, but it's just the lady is not. She doesn't want to actually help him get there, right? She's kind mm. of swindling him a little bit, and so now he's she pivoting to like, her, okay, uh, now I want to date this girl. Yeah, she just that I knew her in, little boy in toy. Kokomo, mm-hmm. in Jamaica, yeah. whatever. Aruba. I, I'm still not clear on whether or not Kokomo oh, is a real place. Come on, pretty mama. Yeah. <laughs> Can we just sing that song for the rest of this podcast? <laughs> uh, but okay, so th- this movie to me, actually, this is kind of honestly where, like, I'm not saying it's done well, but this is sort of where in my mind watching this, it started to kind of come together a bit more. Um, because every, every hot take, very hot, very hot take. <laughs> the story itself is super disjointed, but it seemed to me that what they were going for was kind of this contrast between his, his stated goal at the beginning of, oh, I'm going to make a ton of money and, you know, just generally relationships with people and trying to figure out, well, him, his, Character learning that his relationships with other people are more important than money, if that makes sense. And it's a bit like it's a very basic moral thing to take out of this, but I think that's kind of what they were going for, even if they didn't really execute perfectly or particularly well. So I agree that that is a thread that this movie could have pursued, but I feel like it's just really disjointed in doing that. And it sort of, like, chooses not to a lot of the time. Like, the whole, again, the whole Jamaica sequence, that doesn't have anything to do with, like, his motivation he wouldn't to have... make money. Like, money motivating him isn't what destroyed his relationship with Coughlin. It's not the reason that he had to leave. I don't even really know why he went to Jamaica. You know, why he had to leave. Because Jamaica's where he can make the money to open the bar. I guess. You get lots of you get lots of tips. But it's not like... And also that's that where he met the love interest. To do. And then money, him pursuing money doesn't have anything to do with why he lost the girl, right? That was him... It was, it was like a $50 a, bet. I mean, I think that's at least included in there somewhere. But th- there's a pride thing to it, too. Yeah, but I mean, that's the... I mean, is the implication that literally he doesn't value his relationship more than $50? I that mean, that's seems, how I felt... Watching that, that well, seems no, I, weird. Think it I was, felt like the fifty dollars was, was not why he was taking that. No, bet, it was right? more. It was more because of his relationship with Doug. Sure, their, their whole, their whole relationship and all that baggage right there. That's why he took that bet. Wasn't the fifty dollars? Yeah. So like, to me, like all the bad things that he's doing, it's not that he's he's too motivated by money for a lot of them, and like him, I don't know. Well, I mean, on the same token, the money thing is kind of why he went back to New York with. Whatever her name was, Bonnie, that one. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. Like I said, it's just there's like a few different things. Like you could do that. Right. There's kind of a thing like, you know, are you, is he being like egotistical, you know, versus like, you know, being more humble. And that's sort of in there. But they also don't really pursue that a lot. So I don't know. I don't fucking know what this movie's about. And the ending's important, too, because they probably could have like brought any of those threads to a closure. And then I feel like they just don't. Hmm. Also, the money thing is hilarious, by the way. Uh, this is a perfect example <laughs> for why this movie was executed terribly. Is that, you know, the dad wants him to go away and he's like, I'll give you $10,000. And he's like, no, I'm not going to take your fucking money. And then the girl comes in and he ends up having to leave their apartment. And I don't know why I just called her the girl. What's her name? I don't know. Jordan. I'm okay. so terrible with names. I, I'm uh, just saying Elizabeth Shue because that's the actress. Oh, oh, really? Okay, yeah, okay. So Elizabeth Shue comes in. Jordan. Jordan comes in, right? And then he's got to leave. And Jordan he's Peterson. like, by the way, your dad offered me money and I'm not taking it because I care more about you than I care about money. I'm like, why are you explicitly stating your character evolution right here? I don't know. It's so terrible. <laughs> but don't she say just something? The whole execution of it was bad. Don't she say something about, you know, all you care about is yeah, like. I, again. And, well, she and accuses him like, like, this is what I think your money is. It's like, it's like, you want to know how much I care about money over you? This, this is what your dad thinks of you, and then rips it up and throws it in the yeah, fire. Yeah, it's like, that's, I don't know. If a, a well-written scene shouldn't have to be explicitly having your characters argue about, like, the theme of your movie or whatever. Fair. This I isn't a good movie. I don't I think any of us are defending it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, pr- I'm trying <laughs> to think of a good movie that does that, I'm just explaining to people, this scene in particular was hilarious, <laughs> because she's like, the only thing you care about is money. And he's like, I don't care about money. Look, here's a check that I have right here that I'm tearing up to prove to you that I don't care about money. And... Yes. It was said you know. exactly in those words and exactly in that voice. Actually. Exactly. Yeah. I'm Tom Cruise. Ah. <laughs> Spot on. Zippity doo da. That's something he says. <laughs> and he just cartwheels away. Well, all right. Brian meets up with Doug, who confides that his wife's money is nearly gone, lost in the commodities market. Doug is unwilling to admit to his bride that the precarious position they are in. Later, Carrie makes Brian take her home when Doug is too drunk to do so. Once inside her apartment, she attempts to seduce him. Brian stops it from going any further out of respect for his friendship with Doug. Carrie is angry at being rejected and calls Brian a coward. Brian goes to check on Doug and discovers he has slashed his throat and wrists with a broken bottle. After the funeral, Carrie sends Brian a letter, which is revealed to be Doug's suicide note. Brian realizes that Doug killed himself because his life was a sham. The movie did not communicate that well. Yeah, and this was a real fucking bummer of a part. And yeah, also, you're right. This is, this is another moment like, where it's like, everything seems fine, and then he just sits in a room and he's like, my life is a sham, Tom Cruise. Let me explain it all to you explicitly and then kill myself immediately afterward. Yeah, like, I, I basically, it's hard, it's hard to tell, like, it was interesting, and I thought that, you know, you could tell that Doug was clearly unhappy with, uh, not you, Doug was clearly unhappy with his life, and what was going on in the moment, but, I, I don't know, it, like, the jump to the suicide, and I think the thing that I was most confused about was the suicide note thing, I did not realize that's what it was. Did they ever talk about what was in the suicide note? Yeah, they. I, I think y'all had already checked out of the movie at this point, but no, they, <laughs> yeah, probably they, so. They they, they have stopped writing notes. Like, they have a little. Uh, they have a little bit of the uh, the outsiders kind of thing where uh, <laughs> <laughs> the disembodied voice of the deceased person is reading oh, that's the letter. Right, that's right. They don't do it with the uh, corny. Uh, superimposed <laughs> images but they do what why why didn't they have dally laughing that would have been great <laughs> but yeah no they have 
the actor who played Doug was reading was doing like a voiceover read of the letter as Brian read it. So, yeah, I think y'all, I think y'all were already done with the yeah, movie at this probably point. So. So. Just again, like I don't, I felt like this came out of nowhere. Like this character had just been out of the movie for a long time. And I guess the whole thing is, like, he sort of, like, offered Tom Cruise a job. And then Tom Cruise was like, hey, I'm here to cash in on that job offer. Yeah, and I finally humbled uh, myself, was, which oh. is apparently my character arc. And he's like, yeah. no, you can't have one. It's fake. Well, and, and he and he brought him the, because uh, it was another bet. He brought him the, the gift. It was, like, some really expensive bottle of booze. That was what they bet on when he was going to come and ask him for a job. Yeah, which they completely drank the entire bottle, and that was the bottle that he used to kill himself. Really, really, this movie is about uh, gambling addiction and Tom Cruise's character's inability to get away from his addiction to bets. Really, this movie is about <laughs> nothing. It's about absolutely nothing. This movie's about cocktails. But that's another cocktails it's not about dreams. gambling, though. <laughs> <laughs> You're wrong there. But <laughs> yeah, it's 100%. Not about that. gambling among friends. Yeah, it's about frenemies among gambling frenemies. Gambling among friends destroys your life <laughs> and your friends' lives. But it's just this is another thing where like this whole sequence is like Tom Cruise is like Brian Brian Flanagan. Am I supposed to say actor names or character names? Do we have like a style guide here? Go with what you feel. All right, <laughs> Tom Cruise. That's easier for me to remember. Uh, you got you should Tom you should Cruise mix it. Tom Flanagan or like, Brian Cruise. Okay. <laughs> Brian Cruz is like, look, I don't, oh, look, I didn't want a job before because I was going to like outdo you, right? But now I'm humble and I'm here to ask for a job because I need it. And then he finds out that he had like lost all of his money. And it's like, so I guess you're trying to say that like Tom Cruise has been like, I don't know, too like arrogance or something like that. And, but then like, that's not why this guy's dying, right? So that doesn't connect at all. This guy was just like financially unsuccessful. Like there's not yeah. really I don't know that there's a character flaw there except that like he should tell his wife instead of killing himself probably, but what society but considers success is not the thing. Go be with your baby mama who hates you. Yeah, but that would be a thing if he was successful and unhappy, right? But he's not. He's unhappy because he's so unsuccessful. Well, he he's unhappy he's because he's son. unhappy he's because destitute. he's trying That's why he killed himself. He's unhappy because he's trying to chase this idea of success that's not really fulfilling. Okay, and but he, you would have that by him being successful and not liking well, it. Well, well, Doug is the I one. I think he's Doug unhappy because he de- doesn't have any money right now. <laughs> sure, there's that. But Doug is also the the demonstration that, you know, having some degree of success in that sense, isn't going to make you happy. And uh, I, I would kind of argue the quote-unquote success thing because when you, at least when he was a boy toy, he was, you know, he had he had the money, he had what he needed. Yeah, that that part of the movie felt like it could have been about that. Okay. My point is it's also disjointed. It's like if it usually if you have something like that, right, you're like, okay, you're either going to make it and you're going to get rich and be unhappy and like that's your lesson or you're going to be happy and you're not going to make it and that's your lesson. Yeah. But it's just like he doesn't like I get you. You could be like, oh, you shouldn't be chasing the normal trappings of success, except that like so much of the plot is about him just not successfully doing that. It's not right. that he's getting it, and he's like, oh, man, I destroyed my relationship with this girl, and my best friend Coughlin killed himself, but it's just like, no, but also, I still never, I never made it. <laughs> I never got there. Yeah. So he's, I don't know, he's not learning anything. It's just, his life just sucks. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, this is just that's a, a movie about this guy's life <laughs> sucking. It's life in New York, man. Yeah. Uh, reeling from losing his friend to suicide, he losing returned. It. Oh my god! 
He returns to Jordan's parents' home and begs her again for forgiveness. He tells her that Doug killed himself because he was too proud to ask for help and that Brian doesn't want to make the same mistake. He promises to take care of her and their child. Brian and Jordan leave together with her father pledging not to give a dime to the couple. Brian and Jordan get married and have their wedding reception at his Uncle Pat's bar in Queens. Uncle Pat lends Brian the money to open a neighborhood bar called Flanagan's Cocktails and Dreams. And at the grand opening, Jordan reveals that she is pregnant with twins. Brian offers free drinks to celebrate, much to his Uncle Pat's chagrin. I'm so pissed off at this. I can't. Flanagan's Cocktails and Dreams. Does anyone else want to go first? Uh, oh, okay. All right. So, so... I think the probably the most frustrating point in the movie were, was where she has decided to leave with him again. It I don't know. It was it was a weird moment because we've already gone through all this. He's kind of shown that he's kind of a shit, an absolute shit. But you know, but daddy, I love him. Yeah. Okay. So here, I want to talk about Elizabeth Shue's character for a second. Okay, this is another. I really, of, li- I really liked her through most of this. the movie. I mean, she's fine. Her performance. Well, okay. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, no. Like her. I think she performed the role pretty well. I very much enjoyed the scene where they're at the diner and she's just bringing out the food specials and dumping them on on him in succession. I thought that was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know. I feel like uh, I feel like they kind of undercut a lot of her a lot of her character at least what we've seen from her character by doing this in the end yeah for sure um i think i've brought up the bechdel test with you guys before right you guys know what that is yes all right so it definitely fails that test right there's no other women i don't are there even any okay no there's There's brian's doug's wife right and then the old lady there's coral and there's bonnie and (laughs) carrie and yeah none of them talk to each other right so much less talking to each other about something other than a man right and every single one of them has a sexual moment with tom cruise but there's another test which i may have also brought up before uh, called the sexy lamp test Uh, (laughs) and the sexy lamp in question is the one from a christmas story yes (laughs) so just go google that and that's the sexy lamp we're talking about right um and so she, Elizabeth Shue, I was kind of bummed because I'm like, this could be an interesting character that she's like. I think she's more than a sexy lamp. I feel here, like but... she's mostly a sexy lamp, right? Especially the way that they end because she's just like, oh, yeah, I should just go with him. She's mostly just like a thing to be won by him. She doesn't. Okay, but you can't get a lamp pregnant. Hmm. <laughs> Prove it. Oh, <laughs> uh, 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 shit. But hey, you know, he. he <laughs> Tom Cruise wants the sexy lamp. The dad yeah. doesn't want him to have the sexy lamp. He tries to pay him $10,000 to not take the sexy lamp. And he's like, no, I don't want your money. I want that sexy lamp. It's Look at that lamp. It's sexy as fuck. So then he you know, he comes back and he finally he steals the sexy lamp. Yeah, you know? that, that's pretty much it. Like, other than, like, <laughs> And then he gets that sexy him. lamp pregnant with twins. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Twins. No, but that's pretty much my idea, right? Is That's, that's like, yeah. a, a lot of it is, like, literally, especially this end part where she's like, I want to go with you, and they're, like, physically fighting over her. It's like, this is literally just a lamp that you're trying to steal right now. <laughs> also, something I want to point out about the sequence is that there is an evil doorman who has a really <laughs> weird understanding of his job. So this is, like, a rich people uh, apartment, and they have a doorman, right? Uh-huh. And Tom Cruise, like, somehow sneaks up to their penthouse and then this doorman is up there and the dad's like you get him out of this house and then i think what is it elizabeth shoe is like i want to go with him and then the dad's like no elizabeth shoe you can't go with him and then the doorman is trying to stop her from going with tom cruise that's not your fucking job man 
Like, kick Tom Cruise out of the building, but you're a doorman. Why are you? You're not getting paid. All, to, like, all doormen are bastards. Man's. No, that's not right. Whoa. whoa. <laughs> that's a little too we far. We a little reverse class warfare <laughs> from Mason over here. Listen, he, well, in, in this situation, he's 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 just, uh, I don't know where I'm going with this. Let's just continue. Yeah, are you I, saying this, I, I don't this doorman go, is a class traitor? In this moment, yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm going to spiral if I keep trying to go, though. So <laughs> let's just move on. It's a running theme with this podcast. Mason yeah. spiraling. <laughs> anyway, I know I'm going on lots of long rants about this movie, but I'm just being reminded of why I, hate it, why I hated it so much. At the end, I fucking forgot about this, is that they, again, explicitly state what they want the theme of the movie to be, and it's that Coughlin killed himself because he was too afraid to ask for help? What? Where is that? Where is that in the movie? And also, how is that the lesson that Tom Cruise needs to learn? That doesn't make sense. And it was never like, I don't know, there was never, I felt like, was there ever like an offer from his uncle that was like, hey boy, I want to help you start your own bar and I've got a lot of money that I can do that with right now. And he's like, no, fuck you, I'll do it on my own. No, they actually make a point of uh, talking about how uh, how his uncle is notoriously cheap or whatever. And yeah, he could even buy that car that he wanted, right? I don't know. There's something about a car in there that he could afford. I don't remember the car, but yes. With the end, his uncle just has money to let him start a bar, and and I think because that was going to be their ending is that he's going to get everything that he wanted because his uncle just gave him the money. They were like, well, then the lesson has to be that the only reason he didn't do that before is that he didn't want to ask for help. But that doesn't fit with the rest of the movie at all. I hate this. This is not a story. <laughs> this is not a movie. I hate it. Man. This is a loosely collected series of skits starring <laughs> thematically related characters. Uh, okay, so like well, we talked about this when we were watching the movie. Well, at, after the end of the movie, too, I think this uh, this movie is in a lot of ways kind of trying to do a lot of it's. It almost felt to me like a bunch of like multiple seasons of sitcom plots all mashed into a hour and a half, two hour movie. I can see that. So if you want to watch a sitcom but you don't have the time, watch Cocktail. Yeah. Go get through a whole <laughs> no. get through a whole no. sitcom in an hour forty five. <laughs> it doesn't work as a movie. Yeah, maybe if it was a sitcom and he learned like five different lessons, right? That would have made some sense. But I hate this. I hate it. <laughs> endless love at least. I don't need you guys to feel with me emotionally that this is worse than endless love. But to me, I at least enjoyed endless love. Like a little bit like the bare bones of it, because I'm like, this is a story. It's just that the first half is stretched out to be way too much of the movie. Whereas the, this, well, the I'm first like, half is not even relevant to the plot, really. In endless love, of endless love. I mean, yeah, no, the first part that makes sense. The, it's it, just it's the beginning, like immediately one eighth like, of a hero's journey stretched out to be half of a movie. Stay away from my daughter for thirty days. No, I'm gonna burn your house down to show her I love her. That's a conflict and a character reacting to that conflict. Okay, that's yeah, but, a story. But but that's a story. But that doesn't Good happen until like halfway through the goddamn movie because most of the beginning is just them having sex and and her mom watching them have sex. Yeah, and exactly. The movie takes way too long to establish itself, but that's like part of a story, right? Is you establish what life is, what normal life is like right now. And that party was almost entirely irrelevant to things, except that it they. Gave him an excuse to play the song "Endless Love." I don't really remember what happens during the party, but like I said, it's, it's not good. At least it's not a good movie. Endless love. And neither all, is this. I saw what "Endless Love" was trying to do. I'm like losing it. Like I see what losing it's trying to do. Right? Promote it date has rape. Moments of comedy which are not the date rape moments. Those are gross uh, moments, and it has it was a, a story time. with Tom oh, Cruise it, that I kind of cared about. <laughs> and cocktail. I was just like, I don't know. I don't know. 
Here's my other theory of why I hate this movie so much. I'm going <laughs> to okay. continue this. No, just, just keep going. Okay. You hate the Here's Irish. Here's another I thing, right? I'm listening. Look, you know why <laughs> I hate the Irish. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate the Irish. Um, uh, I'm like 30% Irish. Um, a lot of them like generic, like Western, Northern European. We got that 20 Did you just do thing. the I'm um, yeah. 116th Cherokee argument, but with Irish? Uh, Whoa. My, my, <laughs> Whoa. Hey, all right. Hey, I'm my great grandmother was an Irish princess, all right? <laughs> Anyways, I don't know what was happening here. Anyway, Mr. Point. I'm too afraid to respond to this. I would just like to apologize to everybody listening right now who hates me. Um, uh, okay, so here's another thing, right? Is I'm like, okay, which part of a movie, like, if I could just, like, take a bunch of, if I just wanted to watch a bunch of scenes from this movie on YouTube, right, and I'm like, I only want to watch, like, the cool parts that I was really into and cut out all the bullshit in the middle that, like, didn't really matter to me. I don't... I, am I getting anything from this movie? It's literally be, just the Cuba Libre. I, I think it bit. is. I was thinking about that. I think it's the part where he's like, he sucks at being a bartender, and then he's got like the montage, right? And then now he's a good bartender. Oh, yeah, it had a training montage. Yeah. It's beautiful. And I was just like, okay, because like that reminds me, it gives me nostalgia for the point in this movie where I thought there was going to be like a story that made sense. <laughs> it gives me, me nostalgia like for pre trauma. Charismatic. He's doing stunts. Like, stuff is happening. And I think literally everything else I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to watch. It was like a movie that I love. I'd be like, yeah, ninety percent of those scenes, I would just want to sit down and watch those on 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 a tone of scene. You know, I, I don't know. I might I might want to rewatch him uh, busting up the the art piece. That was kind of a fun moment. It was, yeah, it was a little bit. Yeah, a little bit, like a really small bit. But then everything else, I'm like, I don't. Know, I think I was bored during like the whole rest of this movie. And him getting dumped food dumped on him. Yeah, but yeah, no. It's this it, movie it is, is just white of... noise, right? It's just right. like it's calming to me because there's noise in the background <laughs> and like pretty moving pictures with pretty people there. Yeah, I mean, the only things that work in this movie mostly work because of the charisma of the characters when it exists. Yeah, it's just me wanting to look at Tom Cruise's face. That's like this whole movie. I feel like that's Tom Cruise's entire filmography. Uh, don't insult <laughs> Mission Impossible Two. That Whoa. was uh, that was the best Mission Impossible. Yeah, hot take. Absolutely. <laughs> Oh, uh, that did was directed by the best director of all time, John Woo. John so. Woo. So uh, Roger Ebert was uh, he did a review of this and he hated it. Uh, and some of his problem. <laughs> Are you with sure? It, some of his problem with it. <laughs> Why would was, Roger Ebert hate anything? Was that the solution at the end? Was just that the uncle gave him money that he didn't have before to start a bar. That's the whole solution. Mm-hmm. Um, it it wasn't like okay, I have to relegate myself to just being a bartender at my uncle's bar, right? Give up on my dreams, yeah. but like actually, what's important to me is my family. Um, but uh, he said that Coughlin should have been the main character and it should have followed him throughout the movie. And I think that mm. that would have been interesting. I and think Tom Cruise was a more interesting death. actor, but, but yeah, yeah, you know, I it mean, could have. It could have been his downfall and the rise of Tom Cruise's character or something like that. Maybe they're both downfall and he shakes Tom Cruise out of that it. That probably would have made a lot more sense because, like, the way, I mean, I get what you're saying with it seeming disjointed with him just deciding to go to Jamaica like it doesn't seem to add anything but like with Coughlin he's just going with his fiance to Jamaica for whatever reason and he happens to run into this kid that he was mentoring yeah and and falling out with and and he actually his thing is like that he he was on the rise and then he kind of sold out Mm -hmm. and got in way over his head and ended up killing himself because he didn't know how to ask for help (laughs) who would he have asked for help Tom Cruise I mean like mental health help yes but that wasn't like I don't know I don't even want to talk about it anymore (laughs) 
Well, I mean, <laughs> obviously you couldn't ask a therapist. It's the 80s. Well, okay, yes. He should have asked a therapist for help. But I don't think Tom Cruise was reflecting on how, like, <laughs> that would have been hilarious, though. Wouldn't that have been great if, like, at this point in the movie, Tom Cruise was like, I just need therapy, oh, man. I should go to therapy. And he, like, works out how he's, like, toxic in all of his relationships, and he has his priorities all wrong. And, and then he ends up with, like, a humble but, like, fulfilling life. And then, like, after, after years of conciliation and all that, he actually does get to be a part of his kids' lives and lives and... Uh, oh, yeah, and maybe he gets to own his own bar, but, like, only when he's, like, really, really old man and stuff that, like that. would be a lot more satisfying. Guys, I think he, he just wrote a beautiful movie. He inherits he inherits his Uncle Pat's bar. <gasps> well, but that would have... just worked as just a bartender that whole time. That wouldn't yeah. start Tom Cruise, though. He, since he's, oh. I mean, Tom Cruise we is really against movie. therapy, so... Oh, well. Oh, <laughs> it, was, right. was he at this point? <laughs> I think he was inside. No, no, not yet. Okay. Not yet. Still got a couple of years for it, George Scientology. Watching that Matt Lauer interview is weird because it's between Tom Cruise being batshit insane and Matt Lauer, a man who we learn now has a button that locks women in his office. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on that lovely note, let's get into some trivia and fun facts about, uh, uh, what are we, what, cocktail. That's the one, cocktail. Yay. Fun fact, this movie fucking sucked. Uh, this movie was wildly successful in the box office, shockingly enough. Uh, $11 million <laughs> budget, $171.5 million nice. box office. Nice. That's insane. I-, I wonder how much of that was just because it had Tom Cruise's name on it. I mean, yeah, he's coming off of things like Top Gun. Because and- as a point I made where, where I was saying that, you know, everything from Top Gun on hasn't been a flop box office wise mm-hmm. and that's probably just because it has tom cruise's name on it people yeah. are just going to go see something that has tom cruise in it he's such a big action star so that's true that's the, the movie could be absolute hot garbage but the box office is people who go see it in theaters and people are like tom cruise i'm in and then they go yeah so you know look at the mummy Mummy made a lot of money I suspect I would like <laughs> The Mummy a lot better than this. Oh, yeah. I suspect The Mummy will be like a 50% on, on well, actually, Rotten Tomatoes. Actually, The Mummy is just him doing uh, bartender tricks in, in <laughs> Cairo. Yeah. Is The Whole Mummy um, like that soundless trailer that they accidentally released? <laughs> <laughs> that was great. <laughs> uh, well, despite the uh, good box office showing... Uh, not well received at all. Only five percent critically on Rotten Tomatoes. Fifty-eight from the public, so a little better for the public. But yeah, the audience could find things to enjoy. Yeah. Uh, as far as stunts, he did all of his own bar tricks. All nice. that flair bartending. He that is actually pretty impressive. Uh, and yeah, there's a little bit of running in here. It's a little when? bit. He was running on the beach to to see what was wrong with uh, Elizabeth Shue's friend. Oh, okay, that's right. Yeah, yeah, he got a little bit. Okay. Yeah, okay, he ran in this movie. We believe you. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, uh, yeah, so they uh, when they were filming in Jamaica, it was actually extremely cold there, and uh, Tom Cruise actually uh, actually got himself sick when, during the swimming scenes. Him and Elizabeth Shue had to deal with some pretty cold waters there, so that's it's not what you want when you're swimming in Jamaica. It's freezing cold water, so that's, mm. uh, that's fun. It's a fun time. Makes your balls all wrinkly. Directors, yeah. uh, maybe maybe make sure not to give your actors hypothermia. Yeah, and uh, do, do you guys know anything about the the golden raspberries? 
the Razzie the Awards. Razzies, yeah. Razzie Awards. Yeah. Okay, this movie was nominated for four of those. Nice. Uh, Oof, impressive. For Tom Cruise for Worst Actor, Roger Donaldson for Worst Director, and it ended up winning two for Worst Picture and Worst Screenplay. Okay, deserve. Tom Cruise does not deserve a Worst Actor for that. No, he didn't win. Okay, well, so. still, I think even nominating is a bit overboard. Yeah. Depends on what he was up against that year. I guess that's yeah. true. Um, yeah, we kind of talked about it already. The term for that flamboyant style of bartending that they do is called flare bartending, just uh, acrobatic uh, bartending where you're flipping the bottles and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, like I said, he did all of his own, uh, all of all of the own bartending tricks, and was uh, trained by John Bandy, who's a flare bartender, an actual flare bartender. So yeah, actually did all of that, all of his own stuff. Nice. Uh, where is John Bandy now? I don't know where John Bandy is. Okay, it's almost like celebrity bartending isn't a thing. It kind Shit. of is. It kind of is. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> fuck is John a little Bandy? No, no offense to John Bandy if you are listening. I would actually love to learn some bartending tricks. <laughs> yeah, tune in next week. We have an interview with John Bandy. <laughs> right, and uh, Gotta find him. Going along with the Razzies on their official Razzie movie guide, this is listed among the 100 most enjoyable bad movies ever. Okay. Uh, okay. Boo. <laughs> okay, listen. Boo. You, you just, enjoying bad movies. Yeah, you hate the general concept yeah, of bad movies. This is a thing which... we need to get over as a culture. Do you no. Not, you don't no, like it's The not. Room? No. I thought you liked The Room. No. You are tearing me apart, Andrew. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> What about Point it's, Break? Okay, it's, fun, <laughs> it's fun to quote stupid things from The Room. Do I ever in my life ever again want to sit down and watch The Room? No, of course not. Of course not. Oh, so uh, interesting thing. There's apparently a World Flair Association. Um, Celebrity bartending. And, yeah, yeah. And uh, they have an interview here with, uh, apparently, John Bandy is the grandfather of Flair. Oh, So shit. actually a big well, fucking hey, deal. there you go. Well, all right. Um, he started at TGI Fridays. Nice. Yeah, do we talk about how at the end it's basically TGI Fridays <laughs> that he opens? That was Tom Cruise's business idea. I actually want Just to apologize thoroughly to John bar. Bandy. I didn't mean to be dismissive at all. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I take it back. Yeah, well, that's pretty much all the trivia I had. It's not really that much interesting trivia about this movie, but, God, you know. Let's just be fucking done with this. Well, okay, that's all we have on Cocktail. Join us next time when we talk about an actual good movie, Rain Man. Oh, thank God. <laughs> thank God. I'm going to love that movie. Yeah, there Probably. You go. Hopefully. I mean, you didn't like Risky Business, so. Yeah. But Rayman's pretty good. Anyways, I'm Donovan Bruce. If you liked this episode, make sure to rate us five stars on iTunes and check out Cruising at Pod on Letterboxd for our Tom Cruise movie rankings and other general movie stuff. I'm Andrew Meltz. Uh, for this and other podcasts that we do, visit our website at gcatsmedia.com. Once again, that's G as in gravy, catsmedia.com. One more time, that's gcatsmedia.com. And I'm Mason Kuzmich. Follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. Please, please come find us on social media. I would appreciate it very much. Our Twitter handle is at CruisinItPod at C-R-U-I-S-I-N-I-T-P-O-D. And you've been listening to Cruising It.
Here. We're not a coral group. <laughs> I'm deleting. Coral group, get into the house. Ba, I'm deleting ba, one of them because ba, ba, because we already mentioned it. Okay, I deleted. Hey, X, I, could you be respectful of our barbarian <laughs> recording that we're doing right here?